0: Hello and welcome to Two Pews in a Pod. Join us as we explore faith in a modern world with the pastors of Evangelical Lutheran Church in Frederick, Maryland. Now here are your hosts, Pastor Paul Baglios and Pastor Ginger Bennett.
1: I'm Paul Baglios.
2: And I'm Ginger Bennett.
1: And we welcome you to this episode of the podcast podcast. Two Pews in a Pod. This is the fifth of five episodes in our series on preaching, and we are absolutely delighted to welcome to this episode two wonderful members of Evangelical Lutheran Church. We have with us here Ava Dillman and Alan Perdue. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having us both of whom are very active in this congregation and help to shape and guide its life. Alan has been a president of the congregation and continues to serve in leadership in many ways. Mm -hmm. Ava has grown up in this congregation and serves in a variety of ways. She is one of our most frequent and reliable servers in the chancel Which means that Ava and Alan have heard a lot of preaching. (laughs) Yes, they have. And we've invited them to this conversation, which we've given them some prompts to think about, some questions that we'd like to talk with them about, Mm -hmm. but mostly to hear them talk about. And the first question that we had asked them in advance to consider is, what do you listen for when you're listening to preaching?
0: Um, I personally listen for something that I can relate to or a similar experience or like thought that I've ever had. Mm, That's a good idea. Mm -hmm.
1: And have you ever heard such a thing
0: in preaching? (laughs) (laughs) Like, just anytime something's mentioned that would occur, like hit one of my interests or occur around the time that like, I've been living something that might have happened in the news or just, like, any topic that I find interesting oh. really mm-hmm. just catches, like, my eye and my ear. Yeah.
2: Well, that's neat. What about for you, Alan? What, what catches your attention?
3: Um, I, I think the foremost thing is learning something mm-hmm. fresh that I feel like I've either, either forgotten from maybe <laughs> heard about when I was a teenager in church mm-hmm. Uh, or, or something that is literally distinct from how I've ever thought about a, the passage mm-hmm. uh, that is the, the preaching text for the day. Uh, and, and that does happen, even after 60 years. Um, <laughs> and, and that's always a really interesting dynamic for me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I guess I'm also, in addition to learning, I'm, I'm always anticipating, expecting um a a level of of faith nurturing Hmm. embedded Mm -hmm. in a sermon and i think we generally
1: get that that's good yeah thank you for that that's encouraging to hear what you said Ava, is really instructive to me and it's a good reminder that i hope to take to heart that often if i'm referring to things i'm i'm doing so from my own experience of life of more than 60 years Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and some things that I might think of Mm -hmm. that feel relevant to me and others of similar age Mm -hmm. for a younger person, this could seem like irrelevant, (laughs) ancient history. And I will say, having heard your comment, I'm going to try to be more mindful of that. And and in that sense, more hip.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But I think oh, we get a good dose of that yeah. from one Sunday to the next mm-hmm. in our church. Absolutely. It,
2: and they're different, definitely a different style of preaching between myself and, and Paul here. We we preach a little bit different. So I guess what you don't get one Sunday, maybe if I miss something, maybe he picks up uh, and fills in the gap there, right? Or this vice versa. I,
3: I think so by, and, and back and nice, forth, yeah. I, I think you both kind of... Have that rounding out to each other. They're a great blend, don't you think?
2: Yeah. Mm. So when you're when you're listening to a sermon, um, I had a guy at my last congregation who used to tease me all the time and say, "Oh, I thought that was nap time." <laughs> <laughs> um, he did that just to be silly, of course. But but for you, when you're listening to the sermon. Um, is there a certain style or a way that gra- something that grabs your attention that keeps you, besides the stories that you mentioned or the learning content, that may keep you engaged um, uh, a little bit longer or may pull you in deeper uh, to the sermon itself? What do you think?
0: Um, I really like when the sermons include something about real life, where, of course, we are going to have sermons where it's about stories from the Bible sure. or something that we've learned in church but I like when we connect it to an experience or something that's happened in, like for whoever is preaching the sermon mm-hmm. in their life. Oh, okay, mm. so so um,
2: taking the scripture and then interpreting it to today.
0: Yeah. Okay,
2: mm. okay. What about for you? Yeah,
3: I, I agree with that. And as Ava was answering the first question, I was thinking to myself, that's my answer to the second <laughs> question. <laughs> because while, while I, I love learning, uh, that hook that happens when you can just feel the, the shift in the sermon to and this is exactly what this means for you. Mm. And perhaps you neither of you say it literally in those words and quite but it's it's a real clear moment. When mm-hmm. we get to that place in the sermon, and it happens a lot here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my wife and I talk about that a good bit <laughs> and and how much that how meaningful that is to come away from having had that clarity brought to that mm-hmm. fifteen minutes,
2: yeah, yeah, I can think of sermons that I've listened to as well where where it's like, Oh, I never put that together with the other piece. And it's interesting because we all come at Scripture a little bit different and we hear God inviting us in in new ways. So um, especially when you you see it through the lens of everyday life, it can make a story from 2,000 years ago that may seem, okay, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to get from that or what this looks like Mm. in my world it can give you some of that connecting point.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's good, helpful to hear.
1: Yeah. And again, I'm going to keep thinking long after this conversation (laughs) about what I'm hearing from both of you. Your perspective is instructive to me, Ava. Mm -hmm. Um, We had... Um, and we reviewed several questions. I'm going to go out of order, only because as we we talked about, these are the things that we want to hear you address. Uh I've forgotten now what the third one is. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to leap to the fourth, hoping that you, Pastor Bennett, (laughs) firmly have a grasp Uh, on our third question. (laughs) I like it. But we wanted to ask, and in some ways, you've been answering this already, but what do you, what are the things that you think make a good sermon
0: um thinking of something i haven't already mentioned i think for a good sermon as long as it's like not too long but like not too short at the same time because if it's Mm -hmm. too short then i can't really like understand like the meaning behind it but if it's too long then i find myself like gazing out eventually
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. me too Mm -hmm. yeah um, yeah.
0: They say that the
2: sweet spot is somewhere less than 15 minutes, but but somewhere around 10, 10 to 15 minutes. At least that's what I learned in preaching. I don't know. What did you learn, Paul?
1: I don't remember learning anything oh, about, okay. about time. Okay. Um, and you likely know, Alan and Ava may not be so aware of this, but... In previous generations, the mm-hmm. expectation was usually for much
2: oh, yes. longer
1: preaching. And I oh, know yes. when I was first called as a pastor, um I would I would time my sermons, I would pay attention to mm-hmm. the time, and usually it was about 14 minutes. Okay. And these days that would be on the on the mm-hmm. long end mm-hmm. for me. Sure. And I I'll say this. There was a fellow in the congregation where I first served who complained about how short my sermons were. Yeah. And one day he was complaining about that. And I asked him, What do you remember for my sermon last week? He didn't remember anything. Mm -hmm. And I said, Then I'm not sure making them longer (laughs) is gonna help you. Uh, But I was snarky and young.
2: (laughs) Well, you know, I think it's an important thing because in the Lutheran tradition, there is currently, right, so I've gone to seminary a lot more recently than you have, so definitely that being the case, we have multiple services stacked up, yep. and so there's lots of different things, attention spans may be different, so growing up, I grew up in a different tradition, and sermons were often a couple hours, right, we hear in the New wow. Testament about <clears throat> Paul preaching so long that someone fell asleep and fell out the window, right, right? right. but- yeah. fell? Um, but honestly, I think, um, I think if your sermon, what, what I was taught, of course, is if your sermon is, uh, gets to the point, does some instruction, does some connecting, and then invites people in to consider something, um, you should be able to do that relatively well in that 10 to 15 minute window and not not bore people. Now, I will tell you, Ava, you mentioned not too short. Yeah. Um, you were a little girl. Yeah. The first, My very first sermon I ever preached actually was here at this church. And um, it's an interesting thing preaching in this church versus other churches just because it's so large and there's so many people. And this was back in 2017. 20, I think it was 2017. You may remember. Yes, I do. And, yep. and uh, it was actually around, it was in Advent. And I had this whole sermon planned out in my head and and the, the tendency for preaching at that time was not to stay in the pulpit, but was to wander. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that right. too. And so I thought, okay, well, I can do this. And I got down in the thing and I'm talking and I have taught college classes um, that were actually, you know, one class a week for three hours. So it was broken up in pieces so that there's no way I would have any trouble preaching a decent... Length of sermon, I got down in the congregation and I'm preaching. I and I really think I said everything I knew to say, and it had been like five minutes, maybe, maybe, right. And I looked back, and the the chancel seemed so far away. And I was like, Oh no, how do I get back up there? And so I kind of hurried up, quickly walked back up the stairs, and and people kind of teased me about that, and they said, Pastor. We like a little bit more meat to our mm-hmm. sermon <laughs> and so that was before i took a preaching class and so i learned there is a benefit to taking a preaching class before you get up and actually preach
1: <laughs> why well, again with your comment eva you know not too short not, too, not long. too long yeah there i i think there is an organic um pacing mm-hmm. to a good sermon that almost charts itself like a piece of music yeah. Yeah. Um, there are some pieces of music that you know is, this is going to develop further and it must its own internal energy <clears> drives it and now it's done I did remember the other question but I'm going to switch up the game <laughs> because both Alan and Ava have already spoken in many ways to the other question we had thought yeah. of so let's try this okay. see if this is fun
2: <laughs> surprise
1: I want each of you to think for a moment that you are having to give instruction Mm -hmm. to a preacher that you are their preaching teacher, their preaching coach. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're able to do this, what is the (laughs) one thing that you would most want a preacher to bear in mind? As they are preparing to preach and engaging in preaching,
0: I would probably say just kind of go with the flow of like your preaching. If you make a mistake or something, if you forget, it's okay. Like, as long as you stick to whatever meaning that you're trying to go, like, I really don't care if people make mistakes or something happens while they're preaching because if I'm talking in something in school or just another person, I make mistakes all the time. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, we're human, so just keep on going with it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Good
3: counsel, it, Ava. Thank it is, you. It yeah. is. Um, uh, I, I feel like it's a tough question. That was really a good answer. Um, <laughs>
2: it's hard to go second, isn't it? <laughs> it
3: is. It
1: is. Would you like some cheese and crackers?
3: I think maybe I would uh, offer a suggestion of remember that when you're speaking to 150 or 200 people. Um, we're all coming from a lot of different places Mm -hmm. and how we've come to the day. Right. And when you look out and you see a face, don't presume that that face, what you think you see in that face Mm -hmm. face reflects where the thinking is of every single person in the church. (laughs) We're all going to be different and just work your way through the Mm -hmm. path that you've already charted for yourself. But, but be thinking about that broad experience mm-hmm. that we're all bringing to the day. And, and some of us really might be desperately needing that mm-hmm. special moment of a faith affirmation and nurturing. Um, but, but we're all in different places and, and, mm-hmm. and reach out broadly for the whole group. I guess yeah. that's the kind of thought I would offer.
1: And that's also very wise. And I think it shows a real maturity of experience um, I know I have, and I'm assuming you have. All <laughs> preachers, I think, have had the experience that after a worship service, somebody might say, I really needed
0: mm-hmm. to hear
1: that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. w- we've also all had experiences of somebody saying, I don't know what that was, um, <laughs> or or
2: hear something. We talked about this in an yeah. earlier episode. Hearing something that we're like, I, I don't think I said that right. at all. I don't. What? Where'd you get that from? So yeah. it is. It's interesting. People do hear differing things in the sermon.
3: The instructional end can really be a part of that too, and that's that's yeah. often a really you know to, a, it becomes a broadening opportunity for you mm-hmm. to understand um, what the faith is about. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, um, my wife, so our cell phones are ubiquitously with us always. And I forgot to turn my sound down before we started. I apologize. Uh, but I'm, I'm often reaching for my cell phone during a sermon and initially Helene would say to me, what are you doing? But I'm Googling something you okay. just said. Oh, interesting. You know, and, 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 And reminding myself, and often I won't try to like read through it all, but I'll just get it, hit that page so that I can remember to come back to that. That's my marker for coming back and reading on about the thing you got my juices going on of thinking about.
2: I'm glad you mentioned that because that's something that in one of the classes I took, actually, they talked about, um, this was actually a class that was aimed at talking to youth. And it said, youth connect through their phones and so often some finding a way to invite them to do something that connects through their phone actually is not a bad thing Mm -hmm. um and uh, so they made the joke about putting chargers in the front pews to get the kids to sit up closer in the front but I think that's an important thing right if you can look deeper and do a little research later but we forget what that might look like you know
1: well and it brings to mind, I don't know if you'll remember this because it's going back several weeks now, but after a worship service in which I had been the preacher, you had said to me afterwards, Boy, I really hope that you and I might find some time. I have questions about that. <laughs> I do remember that. Do you remember that? that? Yes. Is, I don't know if it's anything you can you can say now. Um uh, I, I don't remember. think i want <laughs> that to try that. That's it, we're out of time. <laughs> But yes, it is one I wanted to chase
3: down with you.
2: But I think that's a good point, right? So the sermon happens in the pulpit and Mm -hmm. it doesn't, end when we say amen or however right. we end the sermon, there is often, as as we see folks on their way out of church, there's often more conversation that happens, and then um, I've heard other folks, because um, often at the end of the service, we're in the back, right? And so I've heard other folks kind of having little conversations about about that. And I'm just going to say, last week I talked about driving a Jeep and a motorcycle, mm-hmm. and... and and the the funny comments that I heard, about, especially about motorcycle riders, was kind of interesting to hear people talking about in afterwards about uh, differing strong opinions about these things. But it's I think it's it's kind of interesting. But then folks also ask us questions, not not just about the personal experience, but theologically, saying. Wow, I had never gotten to that. So I remember a lady who, on her way out, had said to me one week, she said, you know, I had always heard this preached one way, and I always struggled to understand how that fit. Um, but you brought it out in a complete different way, and it makes sense to me now. And I, it doesn't feel so heavy. And And so I think there's, there's room then for more conversation around, uh, theologically what that means and, and how that affects our lives.
1: Mm-hmm. I want to come back for a moment to what you said. I will often do that too. Um, not when I'm in the chancel, but if I'm in <laughs> another setting, I will often get my phone out if I've heard something because it it sends me immediately. And hearing that, I wonder, does it ever feel inhibiting or, or confining and constraining for you to be in worship when you're in the chancel?
0: I mean, I feel like I try to pay as close attention to the sermon as possible just because when you're up there, it looks like everyone can see you. So I'm like, okay, I got to make sure I'm focused at all times because especially when your parents are watching and all that, you're like, got to be on your best behavior almost.
1: So I will say to you, Ava feel free to bring your device with you. And if something in preaching moves you to look something up, do it. Okay. If anyone it, questions, yeah. what was she doing on her device? We'll tell her researching the word of God. What there you were go. you doing?
2: <laughs> you know, the other thing is, is if I don't, cause I don't often carry my phone up there with me is that I have a pin in my binder and I will just jot down something. Oh, I want to look that up. So if for whatever reason, you still feel a bit uncomfortable. That's another option that may not feel as intimidating.
1: Well, this has been absolutely delightful. It's been so much fun to sit with you even for this brief while and talk about this and hear uh, how you reflected on the questions we said we wanted to talk about. I hope it's been enjoyable for you and for all (laughs) who will watch or listen to this episode Uh, We hope you will find this valuable. It's been our delight to do this. Yes. I'm Paul Baglios.
2: And I'm Ginger Bennett.
0: I'm Ava Dillman.
1: I'm Alan Perdue. Thank you for being with us. And next time, our next episode will be the first in a planned series of six on the topic of prayer.
0: This has been Two Pews in a Pod, a podcast led by the pastors of Evangelical Lutheran Church in Frederick, Maryland. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.